We just finished our episode with Caleb Redden, and it was an episode that left me feeling emotional and excited to want to keep hearing more about what he was sharing. He's had a lot of life experiences, and really that's where we gain our our greatest knowledge is by doing, and he's definitely a doer. Yeah, that was uh, really wonderful conversation with Caleb. Um, I think everyone will will really like that. And so hopefully some of you already know Caleb. You can find him at, at MuscleDoc underscore KR, and he'll go over that. But uh, Dr. Redden is a board certified medicine, uh, sports medicine physician, as well as a certified ringside physician who currently serves as the medical director for Idaho Athletics Commission, which is responsible for all the combat sports uh, in in Idaho, as well as the medical director for the Idaho High School Sports Association, along with the busy orthopedic and sports medicine practice where he covers multiple sports teams. He also works as a medical director for the Mecca Gym. He's been involved with the fitness industry for at least 20 years and is currently a sponsored athlete and the team physician for Caged Muscle and Chris Gethin, as well as the Jim Reapers and a consultant for bodybuilding.com. Recently, you may have seen uh, Dr. Redden on uh, The Rocks or Dwayne Johnson's hit TV show, The Titan Games on NBC. Above all, Dr. Redden feels his calling in life is to be a husband and a father. He has three kids. They enjoy sports, outdoors, and really living life to a full adventure, which we go into and talk about a lot today. In his free time, his passions include weightlifting, hunting, fishing, camping, motorcycles, mountain biking, and anything that spikes an adrenaline rush. And I think all of these aspects of Caleb are going to come through today. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I know we had a ton of fun recording it today. So uh, we hope you enjoy. So our podcast is going to be a series of conversational interviews to begin what's really a lifelong discovery on an accumulation of data-driven and life-lived wisdom on how to live the best life for you, but not only you, but those around you, in your profession, in your community, to help you achieve your long-term goals and longevity. Yes. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, share with your friends, and enjoy. The fortuitous, uh, just the fortuitous nature of this meeting this morning, like your schedule, my schedule, I'm sure you're busy, but like when you sent me that text yesterday, I'm driving to Caldwell to go do sports physicals for a thousand kids. And I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to be able to get it in. I'm looking at the dates and I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then I see Tuesday at 8 a.m. I'm like. I have time Tuesday at 8 a.m. What? And then the wheels are just spinning, right? It's like, oh, man, we got to get it done. It's like, that's just like the planets and stars aligned. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to be here. Well, and this is exciting. I mean, welcome back. And here we are. And it's just, I love the way the universe works because, you know, yesterday we're just trying to figure out you know, should we record today? Should we not? And, you know, here we are with an incredible guest and we'll uh, have Dan introduced him in a sec because they have uh, a pretty incredible past together. But, you know, this all happened last night. I think about eight o'clock, I got a phone call from Dan and like, Hey, should we do this? And I'm like, yes. Like, I love this kind of stuff. Like, let's just get in and, and enjoy a new energy in the studio. And here we are. So and that's all. And I and I got to be very honest. I do not love stuff like that. <laughs> I like things to be known quantities. I don't hey. like surprises. <laughs> Cardiologist, uh, exactly. <laughs> I have a problem. Uh, but it came together so beautifully. And so let us welcome today uh, 
muscle doc. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dr. Caleb Redden. Um, and so we had the privilege of introducing him a couple of minutes ago. The last couple of people, Dre, I don't know what we're doing. I'm not usually one of the smaller dudes in the studio, but between right. Gethin and Redden, I feel like a waif. Hey, I'm man. So- <laughs> you, if you're putting me in the same category as Chris Gethin, I feel pretty good myself. Uh, <laughs> I think you're there. I think you're there. <laughs> You know, and that's so funny because I was thinking also the same thing after I was going through your Instagram last night and I'm like, gosh, I must have did some really great things in my past life because I do get to hang out with all these really attractive men with big muscles and, you know, really inspiration flowing. I did set my alarm to get up at four. I was like, I've got to go to the gym today. However, I did not end up getting, I turned my snooze off and it was so crazy, but I ended up sleeping in and just honored that my body needed some sleep. But I was inspired because um, I knew that you were somebody that was really into fitness. And I can't wait for our listeners to get to know more about your story about living the life that you love. And Dan is, you know, that was one of the first things you said to me last night, like this guy is literally loving the life that he's created. And so I know that our our listeners are going to learn a lot about overcoming adversity and setting goals and just getting out of your own way and, and not getting lost in your excuses. So this is going to be a really great, a great show. And, um, I think a lot of wisdom and insight and definitely some motivation will show up in your, in your energy after listening to Caleb. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, it's, I just want to tell a very brief story and then I'm going to, uh, let Caleb do the talking. (laughs) Uh, but so we talked about the show, right? And so, um, my wife and I were sitting and having dinner last night and I was like, well, what should we do if Caleb gets to come on and when he gets to come on? And she said, with no hesitation, she said, living the life you love. And when we think about you, when I think about you, as I've seen you, I don't know if there's another person who from moment to moment is doing the things they love mm. and it shows. It's not, it's not, you're not FOSA about it. You're not a full of shit. A... Um, you're nothing like that. It's you love doing this stuff. And so it is a privilege for you to do it. And so when we talked last night, just show planning, you said, uh, I said, Hey dude, what's up? How you doing? How you doing? Kid? <laughs> That's right. I'm batting a thousand, man. Batting a thousand. And I was like, of course you're batting a thousand because you're always batting a thousand. Life for you is yeah. so good, but not because it's easy. No, you make no. it good. Right. Yeah. No. It's definitely not. It's not free of adversity. It's not free of challenge. That's for sure. It's not. It's not easy. Yeah. It's. It's just really very simple to me. Yeah. It's just very simple. Yeah. Um. And that's a blessing and a curse. But from from day one, there are not enough minutes in the day for me. Yeah. And I don't want to waste them doing crap. I'm gonna try to keep it we, PG here. So yeah. mostly, I don't want to. I don't want to waste it doing shit that I don't love. But we right? can definitely cuss. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of the best advice I got in college after I dropped out yeah. and went back, yeah. um, which, you know, not very many physicians can say they dropped out of college, but I dropped out of college and went back. And some of the best advice that I got was I was trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life? What, am, what are the skill sets that I'm, that I need to utilize to be successful? And of course I was worried about dollar bills. Of course. I'm worried about prestige and fame and fortune. And I'm trying to think of all the things that the world is telling me is important. Some of the best advice that I got was just do what you love. Like this, this, this gentleman tells me, listen, he was a, he was a, you know, he was a professor, but I didn't look at him as a professor. He was a gym rat. He's a gym rat. And he's a, he was a very interesting guy. 
and he was small. He wasn't a big guy, but he was a gym rat, always in the gym. So I was in a conversation with the gym and I talked to him one day about what are, you know, what am I going to do? Cause I was like, maybe I should be a physical therapist. Maybe I should be a biomechanist. Maybe I should be in sports marketing. Maybe I should be exercise, you know, psychologist. I loved that. Yeah. And he was like, well, you need to do what you love. He's like, you, you do what you love. You become an expert at it. No matter what it is, you'll find like-minded people. He's like, and if you become an expert at what you love, people will pay you for your time. Yeah. So don't worry about the money. It'll come. Yeah. Don't worry about, don't worry about all the, the worldly, the worldly uh, parameters. Yeah. Just do what you love. And if you do that, you'll be, if you're doing what you're passionate about, you're going to become an expert. People yeah. will pay for your time. And then you won't have to feel like you're going to work yeah. and you'll enjoy it now. And he did mention, and I didn't, it didn't, I didn't recognize it at the time, but now at the other end of that, I recognize now he was like, it's going to be suffering along mm -hmm. the way. Yeah. Don't be a fool and think that you're going to love every day and every minute yeah. of the journey. But he's yeah. like, in, in doing so you'll get to that point. And now I look back and I think, man, residency, medical school, like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> threw up in my mouth. I don't know how many times I hate yeah. it. it was miserable, hated yeah. it. Terrible. I kept, people would ask me like, is it worth it? And I'd be like, hell no, it's not worth it. Like <laughs> you should drive a taxi cab for a living. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you should be an Uber driver. It was horrible. But at the same time, now looking back where I am, I'm like, man, last night when you called me, I was, I'd already worked a full day, right? drove out to a little town 30 miles away to do sports physicals for high school. Yeah. Because it's me giving back to the community. I find value in that. It also provides me an opportunity to get to know the athletes that I'm going to be covering in the fall when they're yeah. playing sports. And, you know, it, it was it was a great opportunity for me. And like, yeah, you call me up at 830 and I'm just getting home from work. Most people would look at that and say, I don't know, you're working too much. Yeah. But the truth is, I'm doing what I love. Yeah. And yeah. man, there's so much, so much to be said about that. You know, and I, I want to kind of double click on this yeah. because I love this. You know, I think that I can relate. Last night was actually one of those nights where I was like, gosh, I feel so good. In fact, I have this little journal where I can, you know, just circle the words that would describe how I'm feeling. And it was like inspired, motivated, and, you know, just had everything like just, just happiness. And I had this thought like, gosh, I feel so good. And I know I have to go to bed. However, I wish there was just more minutes in the day. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is a, a symptom when you love what you do. However, there are naysayers in that, in that sense where you have to also I look at them as like being tested, you know, so many people around you and they're usually people that, that love you are like, you're working too much. You're going to get burned out. And, and, you know, as you went through, it sounds like in your journey, just really just like digging, grinding, you know, how, how do you look back and, and see how you were able to feel those hard days show up and also have people telling you like, yeah, maybe, maybe you are, you know, working too hard. How were you able to really stand back up and, and continue to make the sacrifices you need to, to stay on the course, to get to this moment, this day, doing all the things that you love? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's definitely, there's definitely times where, I mean, I, I guess the point is like, I have just as many down days as everybody else. Like mm -hmm. there's, there are absolutely just as many down days. And, uh, the, I think that what I come back to every time, just to kind of sum it up in a short answer is that commitment, yeah, commitment and dedication will trump inspiration, and motivation, 10 out of 10 freaking times. Like it, yeah. you're going to wake up. There's going to be days where you're like, I don't feel like motivation and inspiration are flowing through my veins. Today. Last <laughs> night you had it right. Last yeah. night you were feeling, man, this is awesome. I've got inspiration. I'm ready to rock and roll. But if you're committed and I feel like that's a lot of times what people lack in this, in, in, when they 
fall short of their their goals and their dreams it's like well were you really committed you know the, you know the the story of the guru where the young man wants to learn to be a businessman so he goes and finds a guru and he says i want to learn to be a businessman i want to be successful he says meet me tomorrow morning 5 a.m at the beach you've heard the story right yes keep sharing though the, yeah they come out to the beach he's dressed up he's got his suit and tie and the guru shows up wearing swim shorts and he's like man this is odd drakes takes him out into the water and uh kids like man what are you doing i'm wearing this three-piece suit i just wanted to learn to be a businessman right takes him out into the water out into the deep waves and puts him under and holds him down and the kids just drowning and he just just about the point where he's gonna die guru brings him up and says boy what did you want more than anything in the world at that moment he's like man all i want to do is breathe he's like when you want to be successful as much as you want to breathe come back and talk to me right that's what people have to understand yes. is if you want to be successful if you want to be happy if you want to be living the life you love, be committed to it. Like want it more than anything. And don't just want it, like work for it. Do, do more than just want it. Because the kid was floundering. He was swinging his arms. He was kicking his feet. He was doing all he could to breathe, right? And he, he got there. He got the air. I think a lot of times we feel like we're just treading water. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, as, as far as like trying to understand success and life and family and all these, all these things that people go through, like a lot of times we're just treading water. I felt that way. I feel like, man, I'm just treading water. I'm just trying to keep my head above water. There's days where I go underwater, right? But at the same time, if I can see the beach, if I know where I want to go, if you know where you want to go, if you know your direction, just keep swimming, keep kicking your feet, keep paddling, keep floundering, keep dog. I mean, you know, fake it till you make it. Just yeah. keep moving forward, keep going. And then if you have to stop and breathe and if you sink, whatever, you just keep going. Like, Well, and it sounds like you have had a, a great sense of personal vision and there's so much power in personal vision. And sometimes that can be can be the thing that's maybe missing for people is, you know, they're doing these things, but they don't really know why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know why they want to want to continue to keep swimming to get to where they want to go. So do you have any, you know, advice or ex life experiences that can maybe share with us how you were able to create and, and keep recreating the vision so that the you can stay focused? Yes. The why. And it's so simple for me as my family. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so simple. And Dan and I have talked about this, like my career may be to be a, a physician, right? My calling is to be a daddy. Like that's uh -huh. for my entire life. All I've wanted to do was just be a daddy. And it doesn't matter how difficult the day may become. I know what my why is mm -hmm. and that'll never get mixed up. Like, <laughs> you know, everything that I've done in my life, it, it simply comes back to the, the very, the very founding principles of who I am. The core person that I am is that, you know, I'm a daddy and mm -hmm. all the, all the, the trials and the stress and the, tribulations are for a good reason for a good cause and that's that's my strength it's truly my strength like my wife and my kids are are, are my why that's my reason that's so much and it really it goes into something i think about a lot is when you know your why your what becomes more impactful mm -hmm. right so on those hard days you know what you need to do to get through them to stay connected to your why. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important for people to really sit down and think about because sometimes your why, there's a lot of confusion around it because the learning process or the envisioning process, it comes with confusion because you need that to continue to dive deep, to get the clarity, why, right? To get that 
uh, clarity over confusion. And so I love that, that that's something that you're really clear about. And now looking back through your path and, you know, we're going to talk about the different times that you had to overcome adversity and possibly even change communities. Cause that's part of the growth process. You know, people come into our lives for a reason. And I think those, those relationships, they expire sometimes. And it doesn't mean that's a bad thing or we have to fear it. It's just being grateful for what they showed up to teach you and also allowing them to let go so you can find those other people that need to show up. And so as you think about even some of those adversities and, and maybe different environments that you've had to lead to continue to connect you to where you want to go in life, can you speak to maybe some of those best practices or your tactics that allowed you to overcome some adversity. Yeah, I think that it's, you know, you def- I think that what you just said was poignant and insightful that sometimes you have to let relationships expire. Sometimes you have to terminate relationships. Um, sometimes it takes courage. It, it takes courage to be able to say, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this job. I'm going to move to the next one. I would never recommend anybody just leave a job because it's not the job they like. Yeah. Like you don't just leave a job to go yeah. find the dream job. You keep working the whole way. Mike Rowe talks about that. And some like, years ago, I listened to one of his talks and he was he's talking about like, yeah, don't, don't just follow your passions, take them with you, work yeah. along the way. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think that there's, there's definitely, um, you know, the environment that you place yourself in, the daily choices that you make. I mean, I think, I think simply just, just choosing to continually strive for, you know, uplifting environments, uplifting opportunities. Don't wait for opportunities to come. Like if, if they're not there, you know, if the door of opportunity is closed, kick the sucker down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're, you're talking about how to transition into, you know, these, these um, life lessons are, are learned sometimes the hard way. And I think that's what you're kind of speaking to is that like, it's okay, it's okay to understand and realize that, yeah, sometimes life is hard and you have to take the, you have to take the small opportunities. I mean, just like we were talking, we were talking this morning on my way to, to this podcast today, I had an opportunity with my high school kid and his buddies driving them to school this morning. And, um, most of the time they're pretty quiet. <laughs> they don't want to talk to dad. Right. Like, and I don't blame them. They're, they're high schoolers. And, uh, but today I thought, you know, how's, how, how can I provide them with some type of uplifting and edifying, inspiring something on the way to school? Cause I don't really get a ton of time with them in the mornings and it's not often I get to drive them to school, but I try to, I try to utilize as much time as I can. I want to make that time as valuable and as high quality as possible. And so today I've got 15, 20 minutes of their undivided attention in the truck. Mm. I brought a research paper that was talking about exercise as medicine and how it, it, how it changes all the parameters and, and changes all these, you know, healthcare problems that we have. And I said, Hey, read this to me real quick. I need to learn a little bit about this. Oh, I love so that. I had this kid who's in the back seat, starts reading it. And he's like, man, this is really cool. And they're learning words they've never heard before. And they're understanding some things. And it's a, it's a pretty reasonably easy to read article. It's a meta-analysis study and stuff. So he's reading through it. He gets finished and my other, you know, my son's getting into it and they're talking about it. And then I, you use that point to then talk about, Hey, look, health is wealth. Like these are the things you can do to keep yourself healthy. Exercise. What is it talking about? Resistance training. You guys know what that is, right? Lifting weights. It's more than just getting pipes, right? Like yeah, it's actually good for you. It's healthy. Exercise like uh, both aerobic and anaerobic, which, it was, you know, surprisingly, like it was actually quoting a bunch of studies that show that anaerobic is as good as aerobic exercise for cardiovascular Wait, health. can you uh, speak to that a little bit? We'll, we'll, we'll okay. I'm that. like, we'll, I love we'll this. Really get into it. But then it's talking about how it changes your metabolic profile and all these things, right? And so I'm like, so what are the most important things you can do for your health? Number one, exercise. Number two, nutrition, right? What are the things you can do to avoid damaging your health? Yeah. 
drugs, alcohol, tobacco. Like wow. it's not talking about that, but I'm like just sliding that in like dad lectures, yeah. like don't do drugs, kids, yeah. like sliding that in. And they're like going, oh, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. So like this 15, 20 minutes, I had an opportunity for one for conversation with my kids, with my with their buddies, to have them learn something, to to read these difficult words and understand what they mean, to place that seed in there that, yeah, exercise is good. There's more than just aesthetics associated with it. It's healthy. And here's the things that you can do to avoid. No parents want their kids doing drugs right. and drinking and smoking and doing that stuff. But how do you talk to your kids about yeah. that? Like you have to find ways to do it that are creative. You can't just sit them down and be like, all right, we're going to, we're going to talk about not doing drugs. And that, yeah. that doesn't work. <laughs> all that, you get like this glazed overlook. Like you might as well ask them to go outside and play basketball. Or something. <laughs> They're not paying attention. So I think just taking those opportunities in life. I mean, I think, I don't know if I got, I probably didn't answer your question appropriately, but I think that taking the opportunities as they come, making the opportunities, if they're not there providing, you know, if they're not just sitting on your doorstep, create those opportunities for growth and in, 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 in every aspect of your life. This is just a small, a small thing that I'm going to come try, try to continue to do with my kids so that I can teach, so that I can be an example for them. And, you know, and, and it's beneficial for me too, because I, I, I actually did learn something this morning in that article, you know, that I didn't know. So. Yeah. You know, if you're always, if you're willing to learn, if you're always trying to learn, you'll never be stopped. If you're not willing to learn, then no one can help you. You have to keep willing, being willing to learn. There's, um, that's such a good answer. Mm -hmm. and we've had numerous conversations about this. I want, I want to take that two different ways. Um, we talked recently about the pandemic and I think, you know, many people had, have so many, we could do an entire show on the pandemic, right? Many yeah. shows on how it affected people. Um, for me, I found that I was able to be at home and I was playing board games with my daughters, with my daughter, and we were taking walks. I mm -hmm. took a walk after dinner every day for like months. Yeah. When was the last time in your life you just took a walk, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't think, you know, you mentioned residency earlier. I don't think people really uh, think about what we go through in residency, but before these work hour restrictions, I was working 110 to 120 hours a week for three or four years in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, to be able to have that juxtaposed with this pandemic, this once in a lifetime thing, and then to be able to add seeing your wife and seeing your daughter and doing these cool things that a lot of other people who weren't working 120 hours a week were able to do. It opened my eyes to this, this appreciation that had sort of been glossed over because of goals or just mm -hmm. commitments or, or the training it takes to actually be a physician. So um, I really love that story about, about your kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love your kids. I've had the chance to meet them. Um, same thing with us. And it was between playing wiffle ball in the backyard, between watching her play soccer. I mean, what a privilege to be able to do that, you know? And so the second way I want to take that is, um, you know, we talk about these obstacles, right? You talk about having a goal in sight and you're being committed. I think we can all say that everyone says, look, I want this, you know, you could be the kid in a three piece suit and there's better ways to do that. You know, um, as far as having your goals, I think the thing is, at least for me and I'll probably a lot of people out there, how do you overcome the obstacles when you tell yourself when that voice in your head's like, ah, you got to give this up. Don't do this. Like, this is too much for you. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to do the thing. You sort of want to party on Friday night. What is your favorite piece of advice that you've gotten or that you've come up with to help folks get through some of those? Because we all have them, right? Like everyone's got that, the two little, the, the devil and the angel um, mm -hmm. and the voice in your head is always going. Best piece of advice for how you talk to that voice. 
Um, I think that it comes back to a quote really simple that uh, there's no substitute for strength and no excuse for lack of it. And that came from my old man. Yeah. And my dad is a very hardworking blue collar. Yeah. It's like my roots, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm a white coat, blue collar, yeah. SOB, right? Yep. And I think that, you know, two things kind of came to mind as you were, as you were speaking. Well, a lot of things came to mind. Just number one, how grateful I am that you had the opportunity to be with your daughter and wife, whom I've mm-hmm. also met in our, our gems. Mm-hmm. Whitney this morning was Thank saying you. like, we really want to get back together and yeah. make sure we go have some dinner with those guys again. Um, yeah, it'd be great. Let's do that. We need to do that because we don't do that enough. Like well, we don't, we don't true. do normal life stuff enough. Right. It's true. It's terrible. Like and, in residency, yes. people don't understand like how important it is to take a pee. Yeah. Get a drink of water. When you're working a 24 hour shift, if you screw up, somebody dies. Yeah. You, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, detrimental health effects that occur from that. Now, granted, pros and cons, you don't become an exercise cardiologist right. with people's lives on the line every day of your life if you don't go through that grind, right. if you don't go through those. It was a blessing and a curse, right? It's a blessing and a curse. You like could I, handle anything at the end of those years. I hated it, but miserable. yeah, when I, when I finished, I was like, yeah, whatever you want to throw at me. Yeah. Toss it. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. That's exactly right. Everybody who goes through medical school and residency at some point gets kicked in the teeth. It's right? true. At some yeah. point. And so even the true. smartest of the smartest kids, which I'm not yeah. one of the smartest of the smartest kids. Like I recognize where my strengths are. It's right. not, I've, I have some academic ability, but I'm not the top yeah. of my class. Right. But I have other skills, but everybody at some point gets kicked in the teeth. And Mike Tyson said it best. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right? <laughs> so at somebody at your point, you're going to get punched in the mouth. And like just recognizing what that then does for your perspective on life. If you allow it to, some people come out bitter. Yeah. You've seen it. Some people come out bitter and they, yeah. it ruins them. Right. Some people come out going, wow, look at that sunshine. Holy shit. How glorious yep. is this? That's right. And that's what you did when you have this break from, you know, the pandemic and you're like, wow, you mean I actually get to spend time going on a walk Yeah, playing board games with my daughter. Like, yeah. and because you've had the rainstorm, now the rainbow is that much more beautiful. Yeah, right. So I think that understanding beautiful. the perspective, perseveration on positivity, like, you had every opportunity to just be like, screw the world. I hate yeah. this. This sucks. I want to be at work chomping down, you know, chopping trees and stacking wood. But even still, it's, it's that much more glorious to be able to be like, I'm just going to burn the wood that I have stacked and I'm going to enjoy the time with my family. So that was one thing that came to mind that you were talking about that. But then, you know, the other point is like, sometimes it's okay to quit some things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So like, and I've, it's something I've struggled with. I've got some, a, streak of stubbornness that is good and bad (laughs) don't talk to my wife about that but sometimes you need to listen to that little devil that says you know what maybe this isn't the right path for me now there's a there's a fair number of things in my life that i've quit that i've been grateful for yeah you know relationships um certain uh extracurricular <laughs> extracurricular hobbies that may or may not have been in my best interest that I had to quit. Um, there are a lot of things that like, you know, you mentioned that, you know, well, I kind of want to go party on Friday night. Well, there are some things that like when I come back to that quote, like there's no substitute for strength, no excuse for lack of it. If there's something that you want to do, that's going to project you towards your goals. That's hard that you don't want to do because it's hard. Yeah. You should freaking man up and do that's it or lady up and do it. It doesn't matter. You should do it. Yeah. And you got to tell yourself, like, there's no excuse for lack of strength. Like, yeah. there's no substitute for it. I just got to keep grinding for it. Yeah. But then if you're like, you know what, there's something that I 
feel like maybe I ought to quit because it's not really in line with where my goals are, then that's all right. Like you got to understand that like you're not going to win every race. And sometimes it's important for you to, to, sometimes it's important for you to narrow your scope and narrow your focus a little bit. That's, a, that's been a tough thing for me in life. Like I've really had a hard time not doing all the things Yeah, because right. I want to do all the things. There's right. not enough minutes in the day. I want to do all the things that I love. I want to exclude all the things that I don't love. I just want to do all the fun stuff and do all the things I like and do it all the time. Yeah. And the truth is sometimes I get overextended. I, I, I say yes to too many things and I get overwhelmed and I get overloaded and I, you know, I've got broad shoulders, but they can only carry so much. And so finding those parameters on what you can accomplish and be good at and still be successful at sometimes that's really difficult for me. And I think that I always have to kind of bring it back to like, what is the, what is the really the main direction that I'm going for here? What are the main goals that I have? And then listening to that devil down, then it becomes easy because mm-hmm. then I'm like, eh, yeah. what you're trying to tell me, that's not going to help me get to where I really want to be. You know, that's a tough thing. A lot of people want the cake. They want to eat it too. They don't want to get fat. Yeah. Right. So like you have to, you have to sometimes say, all right, I don't want to get fat. So I'm not going to eat the cake. Now I'm just using that as an example, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you, I think understanding where the goal is, where the direction is, and, and then, and then just trying to focus on positivity, focus on strength and, and understanding that every day you're not going to be, you're, you're going to have to be the best version of yourself today. Do the best with what you have to work with today. Like yeah. yesterday, your best may have been better. Yeah. Today, it might not be as good, but right. you're doing the best you can. And I think you hold your head up high. My kids, I got to coach Powell football yeah. this year for the for my Titan, my little yeah. boy Titan. And it was an opportunity for me in the second game where we were getting our butts kicked. I mean, halftime and we were down like 40 points to zero. My kids had come off of a really high. They'd won the week before. They'd played really well. They came in second half. There was like head down, moping, walking, you know, not playing very well. And as a coach, I don't care if we win or lose. What I care about is that you put in the effort, you hustle and do your best. If you do your best and you get beat, all right. If a better man beats you on the field of battle, okay, shake his hand and say, I'll learn from it. I'll see you next week. That's exactly right. I'll see you again. That's That's all right. That's okay. I love that challenge. I want to be, I want to get punched in the mouth because then it tells me how tough I am, how much I can take. Yeah. But if you're going to quit and give up and not give your all, don't expect a good job, kids, from me when it's over. And I chewed and chewed and chewed on them. Yeah. And they came back and they did okay. Still got their butts kicked. We came back the next week. We lost again. But the second time, they were playing their hearts out. They were going as hard as they could. I was emotional at the end. I was like, you guys did so well. And the Titans like, yeah, we lost. I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. Like what you did is you gave your all, you gave hundred percent effort was there. Intensity matters. Like the field of battle may change. Yeah. The scope of practice may change. Effort and intensity always matter. And that was just, that was an awesome opportunity for me just to see the change in those kids, even just in a week. But that happens in life. Like you're going to have, you're going to have to make those decisions on how much effort you put into something. And you got to make sure that the effort is being utilized in a way that's going to be beneficial for your overall goals. And what I love that you said, and I, I think you said it without even knowing, and then Dre's, she was probably thinking the same thing too, but recently we had uh, Jose Ruiz on here mm-hmm. who he and his dad, you know, they wrote the four, four fifth agreements. And one of them is always do your best. And I don't know if you've read that book or not. I haven't, but I um, probably should. But well, it's a great book. It's yeah. a, yeah, I would highly recommend reading it. And you're just saying this and like, this is one of my four, just do your best, man. You know, yeah. just do your best out there. And, and when you talked about these obstacles, being able to overcome them, that is, um, that's oftentimes where you grow the most, right? oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. who, who really does a good job with stuff like this. And 
I read this book and um, I just, I was jacked and like a, you know, um, just pumped up reading it was David Goggins. Mm. He's been kicked in the teeth so many times. I mean, and every one of them is a learning experience. And the thing is, all of us have this. We have it every single day. Sometimes yeah. it's small, sometimes it's big, but you have to go through those really hard times to grow more. And I, some might say that you actually grow more during those times than oh, when you yeah. have success. Right? Adversity is the best teacher. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree Absolutely. More. And everybody has it. Like you mentioned David Goggins. Like it's hard to – I like – I would be like, oh, that guy's got he's yeah. had, he's been through some oh, tough man. stuff, right? <laughs> but the truth is, is like everybody has tough stuff. That's right. Everybody has tough stuff. And it just that everybody's level of tough stuff is maybe different. But yeah. Dwayne Dwayne Johnson is always saying, like you, you don't quote that guy all the time, but he's like, We're all in the same game, just different levels. We're all dealing with the yeah. same hell, just different devils. We yeah. all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, we all have challenges and adversity to face. It's how you and I don't know how you teach this. Yeah. I don't know how you teach this to people because some people, it just seems like they just get it. Like they just understand, like, I want to get better. I'm going to do my best. Yeah. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. That's yeah. another old man quote from my right. dad. If it's worth doing, you should do your best, right? Yeah. If it's not worth doing your best, you shouldn't bother with it. You should do something else. Like, yeah. how do you teach that to people? I don't know. You know, I think it's, you know, as you, you guys are, are sharing back and forth, I think, you know, we're made for challenges. Mm -hmm. Like we're literally made for challenges. And even if you don't feel good today, you're still here mm -hmm. and you've been through challenges. So you've made it through a hundred percent of your worst days. And so I think it's starting to just build that relationship with yourself, even if it, it feels so, so small of just, you know, just starting to, to say something different versus like, you know, this always happens to me. It's like, well, why is this happening to me? What am I learning right now? Because they are our learning moments. You know, we need to have those challenges to continue to grow. That's part of our life experience. So I love there was, you know, parts of that story, even with, with your son and his football team. And I, I hear you say the word positivity a lot. And I think a lot of times being able to start to place that and put that in your life and build a relationship with it. You know, the example that I gave you this morning and, and going through a lot of fitness competitions, you know, you have to be so disciplined. And my hardest days look like if I did oversleep, you know, a half an hour, then I had this mental game of like, you know, that I, I was never going to get to the stage and maybe I should stop and I'm not made for this. And, you know, that taught me so much so that when I had a day like today where, you know, I really had the plan to wake up at, you know, 4am and, and do a really great workout at the gym and my, my body needed to sleep. And this relationship with positivity now is, you know, to honor that to honor and, and just not get upset over it. Cause that's not going to get me where I want to go, but to be able to really take a step back and, and just, you know, respect that my body needs some rest. And I'm going to have a lot of, a lot of great energy to accomplish great things today, but also what do I need to learn that maybe caused my body to need that rest? Right. And so you start to think more with a positive outlook versus like getting so hunkered and buckled down in that, that challenge and, and the negative thinking around it really start to look at, what lens could I start to see this, to see it at a broader view? You know, what's really happening that I need to pay attention to that's going to allow me to continue to have the energy that's going to allow me to feel good and do good, right? Oh, yeah. That's... And remember this, but what I just, I want to draw attention to what's happening right here, and this is happening organically. We're saying stuff, we're talking about successes, failures, but we're all being curious. Mm -hmm. Talking about, and we've talked about this on the show a lot, but you're examining things about yourself that you can improve that you need to you know deep six but that curiosity is a big sort of underlying theme on our show and so and you just did it naturally yeah. you didn't even realize you were doing it and you do it naturally and a lot of people don't do it 
Yeah. So I just want to take the opportunity. So for people out there to be, look, you know, Caleb is incredibly talented at these things and he's still sitting here asking these questions. They're not too big for anything, right? They're, yeah. they're the things you need oh, to ask yeah, yourself. Absolutely. So sorry to interrupt. I just want no, to take that. I, I love that. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Curiosity is keen. You've got to continue to be a lifelong learner. Right. You, no one's going to know it all. The more I, the, you know, as a physician, like the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. It's, it's <laughs> How stunning. often do I say in clinic, I don't know, but I'll, I'm going to try to figure that out for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't have all the answers. And, and it, even if we do, there's so much data out there that you can find most answers you want. And they're going to be, you know, uh, 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 counteracting one another. You're right. Um, if you search hard enough, you can find equivocal data either direction. That's exactly yeah. right. It's really challenging. So then you have to remember to not look for good news about bad habits. Don't yeah, look for good, good news habit. about bad things. Oh my God, I love that so you'll find it, right? Like, you'll find it. Anybody who, who wants to look for it is going to find it, right? Mm-hmm. And true you talk about fitness, you talk about bodybuilding. And I think that two things kind of come to mind as you were, as you were speaking. Number one, yeah, if your body needs more sleep, you look at sleep and the benefit that it has on your overall milieu, your homeostasis, and you look at an exercise routine or weightlifting or weight training today. Both of those are very positive things. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't have enough sleep and your body needed more sleep, it's way more beneficial than getting your ass up at 4 a.m. to go for a 45-minute, 50-minute workout. I promise you, you'll gain more yeah. benefit from that sleep. Now, that being said, don't allow for complacency. Don't create habits where I'm going to sleep in every day now because my right. body needs yeah. more sleep. Like right. You're able to tolerate a lot. Like You're tougher than you think. And you're, you're capable, I, residency taught me this, you're capable of running on very little sleep. Now, I'm not saying that's the optimal thing yeah. to do, but you're capable. You're qualified and capable of running on no hours of sleep. Yeah. Now, is that the most beneficial thing to optimize your performance? No. And this is a whole other topic we can talk about, but human optimization and performance are two very different things versus like the normal, like healthy type stuff, right? So... One thing that I've learned with bodybuilders in general, and I, I, I lump them into the fitness category completely, like, and maybe that's stereotypical, but in fitness in general, people perseverate on the smallest, most minuscule things that really don't matter. Right. And I'm guilty myself. I, I, there was a point where I remember skipping birthday dinners with my family, skip going on date night with my own Tupperware of my yeah. measured food. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I hate to be the one to tell the world <laughs> that it doesn't have to be as critical. Right. It does not have to be. You don't have to measure your white rice literally to the grain. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Your body's ability to, to compromise is incredible. And so people oftentimes will miss the forest because they're just staring at mm-hmm. the tree. Absolutely. Right? Like, and so sometimes you have to say, all right, look. Overall, what's better for me today? Sleeping a little bit more today is better for me. And that's going to be all right. Tomorrow, I'm going, to do, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to sleep. I'll go to bed earlier tonight. I'll get up earlier tomorrow. I'll get that workout in. At the end, the rate limiting step will not be that one workout that you missed. That will not make the difference between first and second place on the podium for your fitness competition. What will make the difference is the accumulation of those workouts. Yeah. So one workout is not going to make the difference between first and second place. It's an accumulation of all the different parameters that occur. So sleep, exercise, nutrition, positivity, genetics. There are things that are outside your realm 
there are things that are outside of your modifiable realm that are going to make the difference between first and second place with fitness. Right. Now that may not be the same thing with speed, with a, a sprinting race or a baseball team or things like that, but in fitness with competitions and fitness, there are subjective parameters that are outside of the control of the person who's performing the endeavor. And so they oftentimes become a head case with mm-hmm. all the, the mental strife and stress that occurs with the fitness industry and competitions that becomes deleterious to their health. I see it all the time yeah, in clinic. Absolutely. People who come in with, with all kinds of body dysmorphia, yeah. with eating disorders, with all these challenges that are associated with quote unquote, a healthy right. activity such as yeah. fitness. So difficult, but I think that it's insightful that you're saying, Hey, look, I'm going to unuse the term. I'm going to honor the the fact that my body needs more sleep today. Truth is like, I love Chris Gethin, right? So, and, and Chris, you can, Chris will probably hear this. <laughs> Chris is a big fan of don't you touch that snooze button, right? Yeah. Like you be tough enough to get up on time. When you yeah. set a goal, you get up on time. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, Chris. I've hit the snooze button <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm still pretty damn successful, yeah. right? And the thing is, is that that's okay. It works for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I need an extra 20 minutes mm-hmm. of sleep and it's more important for me to get that extra 20 minutes of sleep than it is for me to get up and go hit that workout. Now, sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes if I don't get that 4 a.m. workout in, then the rest of my day is shot to shit, right? And in residency, a lot of times those workouts came after a 24-hour shift. So I'd be at work for 24 hours, four hours of lectures and notes and other crap that they make you do so that you meet those hour restrictions. Mm -hmm. And I I literally had to sleep at some point to go back to work the next day and do it all over again. But I moonlighted. So I was working as a hospice director. So I was going to help people die in their homes wow. after working that much. That's what. That's how I moonlighted to feed my family and to lose my truck. So I didn't lose my house. Like mm-hmm. there were things that I had to do. And that just meant that there were sacrifices that had to be made. Now for me, sacrifice was definitely not coming in the form of my family time. It wasn't coming in the form of my loss of exercise. So I was overtraining like a madman. Mm-hmm. definitely wasn't sleeping enough it came in the form of sleep like i gave up sleep like i would go yeah. days without sleep and it sucked but i was able to do it and i was able to be successful to some degree i, I mean i finished residency and did a photo shoot on the the last week of residency mm-hmm. man i was peeled like yeah. peeled like i yeah. was cut 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 and i just wanted to do it to say look you can do hard things. Yeah. doesn't matter what your hard things are. You can do hard things. I can't think of a time in my life that's going to be more difficult emotionally, spiritually, physically. You know, it's exhausting to go through residency. There's always people like just picking you apart, telling you how bad you're doing at your job mm-hmm. and then not going to fire you because they can't afford to fire you. Because if they fire you, then somebody else has got to do it that, you know, yeah. they, they're not going to quit. You're not going to fire you get fired. But at the same time, they're going to tell you every day how you're not doing a very good job. Like, I thought, man, if I can, if I can perform and go through a diet and come out, you know, at, at sub 6% body fat and just prove to myself that I can do it, what, like, what else can I, what else can I accomplish? Yeah. Right. And I, and I did it and it was amazing. And it was one of those things that I was like, boy, I'm glad I don't have to do that again, but it just showed you how much you can take and how much, how, how resilient the human body is. But anyway, just those are the thoughts that I kind of had when you were talking about the fitness industry in general. And what I like about what, what yeah. you're saying is that, um, and I, I think a lot of us, all three of us have gone through this and then a lot of our listeners have gone through this too, is, you know, you really can get down that rabbit hole and that's a deep, deep rabbit hole mm-hmm. with a lot of circuitous pathways, but there is value there and not to be skipped mm-hmm. over and um, really deep diving into sort of nutrition and deep diving into sleep and deep diving into pushing yourself when you're exercising. And I think we all know that. But what you figure out over time, I think, and I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts, is that you sort of, it's this this peak and plateau effect, right? You you deep dive in, you can say everything you want to say about the proper way to bench press, the proper way to do a squat, 
the absolute number of macros you need, the supplements you need to take, and you have it down to a science. But then over time, I think you sort of realize you probably can dial back on this a little bit. And and there's probably four or five themes that are most important in our lives. And I, I might be oversimplifying it, but for a reason. If folks can focus on their nutrition, if they can focus on sleep, if they can focus on family, friends, they can focus on emotional wellness, um, and they can focus on exercise, those are the things. Those are absolutely the things that are going to set someone up for success. So you get a big sort of foundation of, of knowing this stuff, but then you realize that morning you can sleep. You can sleep a little more because that sleep is just as important as that exercise. Or days you're not sleeping, you go and exercise and you know, you're going to catch up on sleep, but knowing to try and keep those things in balance. It's been very interesting to see that over time, right? Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? You know, I, a couple of things came to mind is I think when you start to know your sense of self better and that takes work, you start to know that, you know, that's sometimes a juggle, at least for me is, you know, I'll have where I can tell my body really needs to move. And so I'll, I'll put more planning into knowing I'm going to have more time to do say cardio or weight training. And then there's some weeks or some days where it's like, I just, I need to work more on my mind. Yeah. Like I need to meditate more. And so I'm actually going to spend more times meditating and really just kind of getting in and starting to mind train and, and find that, that sense of calmness. Cause I felt really chaotic lately. Yeah. And so that might be the thing that I give more minutes to the thing that I always make sure that I have though. I mean, it's a, it's a non-negotiable is my, my fuel, my nutrition. Mm -hmm. Like that's something I'll always make sure I have time. And, you know, like you said about the Tupperware, I mean, that was one of the greatest things that came from the challenge of mm -hmm. fitness shows is, is I know how to organize my food to stay properly fuel to do all the things I love right? That's, that's a big part of it. And so that's a non-negotiable for me. And so I think there are those, those, you know, for me, it's like, I just have to pay attention to what is it that my body's telling me? I knew today that I had a great meditation session last night. And, um, so when I woke up, you know, running a little bit past the, the alarm clock that I'd hoped for, I knew that, that my body, just cause I was able to get quiet for a minute, it needed to move. Cause I, I knew what my day had had in store. And I really wanted to just prime my body with being in that motion. Yeah. So I think for me, it's, it's, you know, it's those things, the emotional wellness, I would categorize as categorize it for myself as spirituality, because I really need to, to get to know my sense of self and tune into it every day to start to know how I can self-regulate or self-manage whatever emotions or thoughts are coming my way. So that's, that's more, Balance, more, right? yeah. Gosh, man, when you, that, that, that term as you were kind of surmising the things that as you were surmising the things that people do that help them with success, whether it be in, in their, in their careers or just in life in general, their happiness. Like I think a lot of it comes down to just being able to be balanced. And I yeah. think that for me, a lot of times I do what I love, right? Like I just am always doing things I love doing yeah. mountain biking, dirt biking, <laughs> snowboarding, like, you know, going to work. I love yeah. what I do yeah. playing with my kids. Like I love all those things. And so I always just kind of draw energy from the world, from the universe, from those doing those things that energize me. I don't, I feel like I don't need as much sleep. It's not what I'd recommend for people, but I don't need as much sleep, but yeah. I do know that when I need it, I get it because yeah. otherwise I'm going to be in bad shape. Yeah. Nutrition, same thing. Like I realized, and, and so then you like, you look, you sort of look at this more global picture, right? Mm -hmm. If I have a, I don't, and I don't like to call it a cheat meal because I feel like that's a, that's yeah, such I, a, I hate that, I hate that term. <laughs> but if I have a meal that isn't chicken and rice and yeah. vegetables, so if I have a slice of pizza or if I have a cheeseburger, if I have, 
some ice cream and brownies or cookies or whatever it is, if I have that, if it's less than 10% of my nutrition for the week, it does not, like it is a net zero change. Right. In fact, it can be beneficial in some yeah. ways to overload the system with some yeah, extra absolutely. calories. And truthfully, it's good for you for so many different, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not condoning eating all these things <laughs> all the time. But like, if you look at like the 80, 20 rule, the yeah. 90, 10 right, rule, right. the 95, 5% rule, and yeah. the hundred percent zero rule, like mm-hmm. these rules of, of organization with nutrition. And it goes the same way with exercise. If, if 80% of the time you eat very healthy, right. And you and I both have, I think we both have, we've had this discussion multiple times about macronutrients, micronutrients, the optimal human nutrition, you know, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, where those sources come from. That's a whole nother topic in and of itself. But if you do a, if you do a good job of eating relatively healthy for 80% of the time, the other 20% of the time, if you want to eat things that are quote unquote unhealthy, mm-hmm. you want to have a beer with dinner and cheeseburger and some fries, you're going to be okay. For the yeah. most part, humans in general, for the right. most part, are capable and qualified yeah. to be able to put some garbage in the tank, right. synthesize it, get rid of it and move forward. Like yeah. that's going to happen. Right. Like nowhere in history have we ever had a perfect human diet that was followed ex- with exactness. Like it's just, right. it's not feasible. Yeah. So understanding that it can't be the other direction you can't eat healthy 20 percent of the time and then expect 80 percent of the time to be yeah. trash and then for you to be successful like the same thing goes with i think all these other things you mentioned like if you're looking for balance balance is not 100 percent yeah right like balance isn't 100 percent. like i'm not a perfect dad 100 percent of the time i make mistakes at work i'm not perfect 100 percent of the time at work i'm not perfect at anything that i do but what i'm trying to strive for is is some level of it's not perfection, but it's just adequate performance yeah. and improvement, and yeah. you know, trying to perseverate on positivity and, and trying to maintain balance in my life. And for me, people look at me and say, "Dude, you're way out of whack. Mm-hmm. You're way out of balance. Like you're telling me you're working 28 hours and then you're still going to the gym and you're not sleeping." And that's balance for me. Like mm-hmm. for me, that's what that's what allows my cognitive awareness to be on point. Mm-hmm. Like. Being able to spend time with my family is rejuvenating for me more so than sleeping an extra hour. So if it means that I spend a little more time with my kids and a little less time in the rack, it's worth it for me. So I think understanding that you you need to be you need to be self-aware, you need to be critical of yourself, you need to hold yourself accountable. I'm not mm-hmm. absolving people from accountability, but what I'm saying is that understanding the importance of balance does not mean perfection. It is not a hundred percent all the time. And people ask these questions all the time. They'll ask you, they'll ask all three of us and a lot of other people who sort of seem to look like they know what they're doing. And they'll ask, what, how do you do this? What's the, yeah. Like what's the secret? There's not there. I guess there are secrets and there are tips and tricks, but there's not one rote way to do it. Your way to do it is going to be a little different than mine. It's going to be a little different than Drea's and they're all okay. But going through that process and being curious about it and figure out what works for you and then continually analyzing that that's the thing. Oh, that's, that's important. That's yeah. It's a be. process, right? There's no shortcuts. I think that's oh, the no, part no, no, of no. what it is. And, you know, and I, and I, as you're saying the word balance, you know, something that might even help our listeners is that was a, a challenging word for me because I, I took it so literally, but I, I almost like, almost see it as like harmony in life. Like, you know, there's this flow of kind of making sure that all those things that are important to you all find their way to really come in and, and be available for you because you're making those choices, right? There's something, I'm, I might shift gears here, but I'm curious. And it was something that you said uh, earlier about working with a lot of people that come in and we have a, a, a big, a large part of our audience is women. 
And, and I don't know if this is one of the things you work with or if we can go there, but I'm curious with having some of these women that come in with like that, that body image disorder or morphia or, you know, just, just challenging with food. What, what is some of your best advice that you, you give women that are struggling with body image disorder or, you know, eating? Is there anything you can say to speak to that? Yeah. I think it kind of comes down to like, I, 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 I think with with ladies, when I see ladies in clinic and I talk with ladies a lot of times, it's coming down to the underlying, like figuring out what the iceberg is, right? So like there are points of the iceberg that are above water that you can see. We got to figure out what the iceberg is. Like what's the, what are the real kind of root causes here that create the habits that you don't like and understanding that you, that you're enough, like you're enough. Like I think with ladies, a lot of times that they have a lot of expectations that are placed on them that are not theirs. Understand that you are defining your destiny. Okay, number one, you define your destiny. You define your expectations and screw everybody else's expectations, yeah. right? You have to take care of yourself. The better you take care of yourself, the better you are as a mom, the better you are as an employee, as a boss, whatever those things may be in your life. And then understanding the relationship with nutrition and with body image and with obesity and, and body composition, mm-hmm. right? So there, it's a very difficult uh, this is a perfect example, and I don't want to share things that potentially could create um, problems for real human beings. So I'm going to change the story just a little cool. bit, okay. but it's a, a relationship that I have with a patient who two two relationships. So one, the patient who her she's a female, her normal sort of um, ideal body weight, as defined by her height and her bone structure, would be between 150 and 160 pounds. She currently weighs 288 pounds and she has a very negative relationship with food. It's become sort of her, her outlet for her stress, for her emotion, for her emotion, for her depression, for her, for her happiness. Like it's, it's her perfect drug. Right. And she has a very negative response to understanding the fact that her weight is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. she came to see me because her knees hurt mm-hmm. yeah. and the first thing i said was well we got to get your weight down yeah. and that instantly put up this wall of like oh you just look at me and she said this i'm not i'm more than just a fat person like yeah. you know it's not about my weight it's my knees hurt and she was very defensive and it had a lot to do with like she's like well i can love myself and be this big and she's absolutely correct you can love yourself because who you are does not is not related to what you look like. It's who who you are is a different thing here. Well, like right. what, what I'm so what I try to do with people is try to understand like look, you are enough, right? Don't worry about the rest of the world's expectations. You define your reality. You define your destiny. We need to get you to a point where you can live a long life. I love that a pain free life yeah. and get your knees feeling better. And oh by the way, reduce your cardio metabolic mm-hmm. risk factors. Mm-hmm. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to help you lose weight. Now, helping you lose weight does not change your identity as a person, right? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Like what we're talking about here is like, because there, there's all these other connotations that are associated with the way they look, mm-hmm. right? So like the perceptions that the world have of them as a person who's overweight or obese changes their idea of beauty, changes their idea of self-worth, all those things. And so you try to, I have to walk this fine line between helping them to understand that you you have value 
we need you to be healthier. The way you're going to be healthier is by losing weight. That doesn't define you as, you know, you can still love yourself at any size. Yes, of course you can, because that doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like self-love doesn't revolve around the scale, right? right? So what we're trying to do is optimize your body composition. And by doing that, getting rid of the fat, the adipose tissue is going to help you with all these other things in life. And I, I do that in a way that helps them is it's called motivational interviewing. And it's something that I picked up like my first year of residency from one of our, our psychologists who was like, you know, if you try to help people change, it has to be their idea mm-hmm. and you have to let them create the pathway and they have to be the ones that identify the barriers and they have to be the ones that identify the solutions. If you just present them, they won't, it won't stick. And so I've got then my second patient. So this lady, we're just starting this journey, right? We're just starting this journey. I got her talked off the ledge where she doesn't hate me. I'm going to get her knee under control. We'll get her knee pain under control and I'm going to help her lose weight. Right. And we're going to do that in a way that she, it, she uh, is going to continue to maintain self worth and value and all these things. And we're going to, we're going to separate the weight loss from her self worth. Like that's uh, a big thing, yeah. right? Because she has value now at this point, she is very valuable as a person, but she needs to lose weight so that we can keep her living a longer life, yeah. healthier life. And the second person is, a lady who came in to see me for back pain. She comes in and she says, I need, I need back pain. I need narcotics because <laughs> the surgeon won't touch me because I'm too, too heavy. He won't do the surgery. He says, I got to lose weight. And so I can't lose weight. So I got to have, I got to have narcotics. And I was like, well, tell me why you can't lose weight. Notice I skipped the whole yeah, narcotic yeah, thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> tell me why you can't lose weight. Well, I can't lose weight because I, I, I work, I work a lot and I'm taking care of kids and blah, blah, blah. She's like 55, 54. I've just adopted my grandson, da, da, da. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's really cool. And tell me more about that. So as we get talking, by the end of that visit, I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you something that's a little bit different than the narcotics that you're asking for. We're going to skip on that. We're going to hold that. We're going to put a pin in that. No narcotics <laughs> for you today. Yes. I'm going to see you next week. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this and see if we can get you sorted out. She comes back in next week. Now she's not so pissed off at me. <laughs> back still hurts. And we start working on weight loss. And that's where we started. And I, it literally came, the, the, very, the very simplest thing is I was like, look, I just need you to stop drinking Pepsi every day. I can't stop drinking Pepsi. All right, well, can you drink less Pepsi? Yeah, I could probably drink less. How many drink you today? Well, I usually drink four or five. I'm like, how big? She's like, you know, the big ones, four or five. I'm like, well, look, can you drink two or three? Yeah, started at that. Three years later, she'd lost 150 pounds, uh-huh. kept it off, didn't have back surgery, mm-hmm. offer narcotics, mm-hmm. offer hypertensive meds, offer diabetic meds, offer thyroid meds, offer, offer uh, depression, offer depression meds. And it was very, very simple. Very small changes mm-hmm. changed the needle. Her self-worth had improved. Like she felt better about herself Absolutely, as a person. Yeah. She was motivated, inspired, and in a small town had become a beacon of light for so many other people. And I did nothing. All I did was just sort of guide her in a direction where she made the changes. Right. And there's so much gratification that comes from owning your outcomes. And she owned the outcomes. She, she wrote me a letter one day and was like, thank you so much. You saved my life. I was like, I didn't do anything. All I did was ask you to stop drinking Pepsi. Mm -hmm. Right. You did the work. Well, you know what? I, I do think you did something you care. I'm just sure. listening to you sure. and I'm like, gosh, you care so much about people and you allowed her to be seen and you applied patience mm-hmm. and possibility 
And I think that that's so important. And I want to make sure you're seeing that reflection because that's that's the reflection that I just yeah, just I, was able to see. There's there's quiet moments where I just stop and I think, man, I'm grateful for what I have, grateful for what I do. Like I get I get the opportunity to help people. I'm I am addicted to like success and power and not in a, not in a narcissistic yeah. way, but like I love seeing someone who doesn't think they have much do great things with what yeah. they have. So would you be able to define what success means and looks like to you? Yeah, it's really simple. Um, it's going to bed at night with a clear conscience uh-huh. and it's providing a life for my family that is fulfilling. Like that's, I mean, that's really simple. And I think it, it, during the day, if I'm doing things that are helping me to go to sleep at night with a clear conscience, yeah. feeling like I'm exhausted, mm-hmm. I'm doing all right. Like on my tombstone, I hope that it says that he was a good dad, that he was a loyal husband and that he was a good friend. Right. Like, that's right. You know, I think that if I can, if I can make it out of here, taking that dirt nap, all used up, body spent, Mm -hmm. you know, all broken up, bruised and battered. I don't want to be a pretty looking, pretty corpse. I want to (laughs) be sliding in there screaming, scarred up, bruised. What a hell of a ride, boys. Like going out full send. And there's the stamp on the tombstone. Like the dude was a good man. Like he worked hard, took care of his family, took care of his wife, put them first. And he was a loyal friend. Like if I could get, if I can make it out of here with those things, I'll be doing all right. I love that. Gosh, we're actually getting some good things about, um, Dan wants tea at his, Uh, at his wake. And we know what you want in your tombstone. There's a lot of great things coming from these podcasts. (laughs) I I love it. And before we leave it too much, and I got, I want to add to to these patient stories. Um, and we shared one last week just about stress and anxiety as we did, you know, an emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. show. And that's one of my favorite sort of patient interactions I've had in a while, but there's, there's at least seven, seven patients I can think of off the top of my head right now that I haven't done surgery to them. I haven't given Um, them drugs. mm -hmm. I've taken them off their drugs. Each of them have lost over a hundred pounds. One of which is, is a hematologist, um, retired now. What's a Um, hematologist? uh, A blood Blood cancer specialist. Okay. Um, and it's just by taking that time in clinic and just teaching them stuff that, that, they, they didn't know they were curious about, but opening their eyes to just how to do that so that you can get off those, those high blood pressure medicines, those thyroid medications, get off your sleep apnea, don't have atrial fibrillation far and away, far and away. And, and what I do for work is to take people and, and operate on their heart in a sense. My favorite thing is when I don't have to do that and they can fix themselves wow. to be able to empower them. Just like you're talking, it, it gives you this sense of that was awesome. Yeah. I really, really did something today. Um, so, so let's take that and let's pivot just a little bit. Um, uh, so let's talk about this top 10 sort of diseases on earth, right? Mm. Um, top 10 reasons to go to the ER, top 10 sort of epidemic problems. And, um, you know, they're going to be cardiovascular disease. They're going to be hypertension. They're going to be obesity. It's going to be stress. It's going to be anxiety. It's going to be diabetes uh, in the orthopedic, and that's sort of in and, the cardiovascular world, yeah, and atrial fib, and then for us, orthopedics, back pain, and knee pain. Exactly. Mm. And so, and and let's be very clear about this. I I couldn't agree more. I think you described it so beautifully about uh, addressing folks and their weight issues because that that is a thing, and that needs a you sort of need to thread the needle there because you can really hack people off unintentionally. Yep. But but let's also be very serious on the flip side. 
it's not, I don't view it as being sort of um, negative with someone or talking about weight issues because weight or obesity in my mind really has substantial epidemic and health uh, uh, consequences. Undeniable. Absolutely. And it's not, it's not, I don't think anyone's being prejudiced against you or putting you down, not you, but, but folks in mm -hmm. general, it is just a medical fact that it is just not healthy to be that overweight, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can get rid of your knee pain, your back pain, your atrial fibrillation, your sleep apnea, your diabetes. It's not a thing about vanity. I mean, there no. is that aspect of it, right? Sure. But like, it's just the, the, the health aspect of it. And so when I think about, you know, we can take that a lot of different ways, but you think about diet and exercise. I always tell people, I think that that your diet or your nutrition is 80 to 90% of your weight loss. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, it's 10% is in the gym. That's the fun part. Oh, yeah. You can't out-train a bad diet. You can't out-train a bad yeah. diet. No. Yeah. And everybody in the orthopedic world who comes in and tells me that their knees hurt or their shoulder hurts or their elbow hurts or yeah. whatever, that at any time I – almost, almost every time. Yep. Yeah. This will come out of their mouth. Well, doc, I can't work out because my knees hurt. Yeah. So, well, we're talking about weight loss here. Okay. And I pause. Yeah. What else could you do to lose weight besides mm -hmm. working out if your knees hurt? And I pause and I just pause and yeah. pause and yeah. pause yeah. until they're like, well, I guess I could go on a diet. I'm like, no, nah, you can go on a diet. <laughs> like maybe let's just change the way you eat. Let's just use those terms. Let's just change yeah. the way you eat. Let's change your nutrition. Because diet's a terrible word. Yeah, right? I don't want to Because that means that it has an end point. It's failure. Yeah. That means it's destined to fail. That yeah. means there's an expiration yeah. date on it, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. All these people will stop and say, well, I can't work out. I can't lose yeah. weight because I can't exercise. Well, yeah. let, me, let me share some information with you about how weight loss actually occurs. Yeah. And then we can make this incredibly complicated because the science of obesity is incredibly complicated. You're talking about hormones. I'm talking about testosterone, estrogen, talking about leptin and ghrelin and all these other hormones. Mm -hmm. Another topic altogether. I love the science well, behind we're obesity. We're going to do that I love show, the science behind obesity. Yeah. <laughs> but the science behind obesity can be simplified yes. significantly. And yeah. that's where you start. You start with people like, look, you, you're, you hit them with sometimes the hard facts. And I think yeah. that being a physician requires you to have some, some awareness of, of yeah. communication and interaction. Mm -hmm. Like Understanding how hard you can push people to begin yeah. with is important. Yeah. Sometimes I miss and I piss people off. It happens. But truthfully, sometimes you can be like, look, I think what we should do, like I've done this before, but like I think what we should do is get you set up for a bilateral total knee replacement and a gastric bypass. Because otherwise, you're not going to make it to see your grandkids have their weddings. Right. And, uh, and they're like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that I need gastric bypass and bilateral knee surgeries, knee replacements? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where you're headed. Like yeah. if, you, if you don't, you're going to die yeah. before you're that's able to see your That's such a powerful kids. vision. To, and you can see it in their eyes too, what? right? When you talk to them about that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's sad, but it's true. Like, and no one probably told him that before. No one's ever said that to me before, Doc. No. Are you kidding me right now? You're saying my knees are, what do I got to do? What do I got to do to avoid bilateral knee replacement? Right. And what do I got to do to avoid gastric bypass? I don't want that. I'm like, hey, I got a plan for you. Yeah. Really simple. Yeah, yeah. Let's start here. Yep. All right. Yeah. And, and you can literally just, you break it down at that point. You look at the whole thing of like, well, that's really scary. Yeah. That doesn't sound good at all. I don't yeah. want to take a dirt nap. Yeah. No. I'm only 48 years yeah. old. Yeah, no, I know. I get it. Let's, let's, let's reel this in here and get you sorted out. Yeah. Like it is powerful, but you can't always do that with people because, because if you start, if you start too heavy, sometimes you just push them away. And you know, what I've gone to is, um, you know, we have these, these electronic medical records and, mm -hmm. and they are in the truest sense, a blessing and a curse. Oh, and man. the, the, um, 
proportion that they are a blessing and a curse changes on a nanosecond basis in mm-hmm. my mind. But one of the blessings is that, you know, I'm able to write, you know, things in my notes like risk factor modification, and I can put a diet and exercise plan, a nice, simple, easy one that no one has ever talked about. I can give it to patients. They friggin' love it. Mm-hmm. They amazing. love it because they're like, yeah. wow, man, this cardiologist, he's not even talking about, you know, my AFib or, or whatever. He's talking about this cool diet plan oh, and this cool exercise plan. And it's simple and it's right there. And you yeah, just got to. That's, that's why we it. get along so well. Like that's, that's why when we first met, like that we immediately had chemistry because like, you know, if you recall, we're sitting there in the. I remember ex- very well. Reading the, EKGs for e- Boise e- State. E- EKGs <laughs> and we're sitting there talking about, we're talking about <laughs> nutrition and exercise and how medicine needs to change and how physicians need to take the example to be, you know, to, to, to talk about really like health in general. And it's yeah. not, it's not sick. It's healthcare not sick care, right? Which is what, you know, we've talked about that. And and, and I'm sure you've talked about that on here multiple times, but like we need to do our part as physicians to be the example of people of what, you know, we're not, and it's not that we're the shiny beacons here. Like we have definitely as many faults and, and, and slip ups as anybody else, but we understand some things that we need to share. And that's what the focus and the intention needs to be honest, like is diet and exercise starts here. And then we can talk about all these other things yeah. and get in the weeds later, but start with the, you know, yeah. sort of big overlying principles. Yeah. Well, what simple, what right? could you say right now so that people aren't coming into your rooms in that place? Like what are those like three principles that, that you would want everyone to know that could really avoid, you know, mm-hmm. seeing you in your office and seeing you in your office? Like yeah. what are those things that our listeners can, yeah. can just know about right now and maybe they're common sense but it's the common practice that's being missed right yeah i mean i think that just really just breaking it down like the fuel that you put into the system you need to put the right fuel in the system and the yeah. easiest most simplest thing i can come up with is like if it comes from the ground yep and it's it's in its its rawest form mm-hmm. coming from the ground or it had hooves or wings or gills in some way shape or form had a heartbeat like those things in their simplest forms mm-hmm. The more we process those foods, the more we bastardize them, the worse they are for our systems. So if you can try to, to keep your food out of a package, out of a box, out of a bag, yep. like just get your food in the rawest forms possible. Notice I'm not using marketing terms such as organic, yeah. or, <laughs> right? Because that drives me nuts. Like it, it just needs to be like an apple is way better for you than applesauce. Yeah. Okay. Like eat an apple, right? Don't drink apple juice. Yes. Eat an apple, drink some water. Right. Like those are the things. And like it's, if, it's these three things. Eat real food. Eat real food. Probably eat less. Yes. And eat mostly plants. That's my personal thing to add. Yeah, yeah. And I may have stolen <laughs> that from someone, but it's not that I have some big, you know, anti-meat thing. Um, but but I think that's probably just a little healthier for yeah, some people. I agree. Yeah, and that's I'm a, a whole other show. And but. I'm a bodybuilder. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like, I'm a bodybuilder. Yeah. I'm my my world is built around improving mile sites. Right. Protein synthesis. Yes. And I, I agree with you. Like, eat a lot of plants. Yep. And I've got friends who are physicians who are carnivores and keto who yep. would argue with you up and down. All day. And, and I would listen and I would just politely agree to yep. disagree. I think that you can eat a lot of plants and oh, be yeah. healthy and yep. build a lot of muscle. I think that you can also, yep. and we've talked about this, you can eat meat. Oh, yeah. You can eat meat. Maybe not so much. Yeah. And it needs to come from the right sources. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've talked to people that are like, oh, fish is, fish is the healthiest. You know what farm tilapia, the mm-hmm. type of inflammatory markers that come from farm tilapia, it makes your toes curl. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Like oh, when, if true. people actually knew, like mm-hmm. it would make them sick. So like eat, 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 eat uh, 
protein sources, animal sources of protein that have been raised appropriately. And sometimes that means that you have to put some sacrifice on the big screen TV. You might not be able to afford the big screen TV because you're actually going to put more money into Mm -hmm. the foods that you eat. I recognize that, like, I think this is another topic all in general, but what is available to you? What your resources will allow you to acquire? I've been on I've been on food stamps. Yeah. I've been on welfare. Okay. I've been unemployed. I understand what it's like to eat off mm-hmm. of welfare food stamps. Mm-hmm. So, so don't stop and say, oh, these doctors, like they can, they can afford yeah. to buy yeah. nice food. No, you stop right there. And, and, and I'm the exact same way. Yeah. There, there was, we were struggling growing up. My parents tried, but we were struggling. And there were definitely times where we could not afford food. So yeah. I'm so absolutely don't, with don't, you. Uh, I don't want anybody out there listening to think that, oh, it's easy because, you know, physicians can afford to buy yeah. nice food. No. Right. We have lived off of food stamps. I have, I can promise you that you can still eat healthily yep. off of food stamps. It's the choices that you decide to make. And it's really simple. Like eat, eat whole foods. Yep. It's cheaper than people think to it eat is. whole foods. Mm-hmm. Like it really is. And and learning and how to cook. Less. Like it fills you up and, longer. And eat less. Like if you just eat less. And that's yeah. another thing with bodybuilders yeah. in general. Like people are freaking out right now because I'm like on Instagram, I'm doing like I've been doing this like Doc Thor Shreddy 2.0 yeah. and I'm only eating 2,000 calories a day. Yeah. People every day, you can't be eating. You're bullshit. There's yeah. no way you're only eating 2,000 calories and you're that big and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what do I how, how do I possibly gain from lying to you I about mean, how much I eat? Like, no, here's true. what I eat. You're going to lose all your strength. I'm like, really? If I can't bench 500 pounds, but I can bench 485, is that really so bad? Like, ugh, okay. maybe, ugh, dang it. Yeah. Now, if I'm on the powerlifting platform and I'm trying to win the rest of the world's money, yeah. then maybe that's different. But right. for me to be a strong guy, my yeah. kids don't care if I can bench 500 pounds. Yeah. They're the only ones I want to impress. Yeah, they sure. care if I can throw a ball with them. I can still throw pretty far. Yeah. And I can still whip the shit out of both of yep. those boys. Yeah, exactly. like, I just got to make yeah, sure that that's known. Exactly. If they're that's listening, <laughs> make sure that they know. Both those boys know. But, but the thing is, is like maybe I lose a little bit of strength becoming leaner. Of course, I'm going to lose yeah. a little bit of strength. But I'm not losing all my strength. Yeah. And I'm only eating 2,000 calories. And I'm pretty fit. Yep. And by fit, I mean I can run. Mm-hmm. Ish. Ish. I can ride. I can ride. I mean, I've, got, I've had four knee surgeries and two back surgeries. So maybe I'm not the best runner, but I'm, just, I'm still pretty quick on my feet. I'm still running like a 4.7, 4.8, 40. Yeah. Uh, I haven't timed a mile, but my son wants to race me in a mile. So run, run a mile. I can ride bikes. I can play sports. I can lift weights. I can do all these things. And I'm only eating 2,000 calories. Now, yeah. for a guy that's relatively large, I'm not huge, but I'm, I'm, I'm decent size. Like, People look at that and go, no, there's no way you're only eating 2,000 calories. Like, listen, the world has told you that you need to eat way more than you think you do. Mm-hmm. And oh, you're yeah. also least surprised oh, by gracious. when you actually track your food for a minute. You don't have to do it every day. But, like, if you really are accountable for how much you're putting in the tank, you're going to be like, whoa, that Red Robin burger with fries was actually 3,000 calories? You mean that's, like, the whole meal for the whole day? Oh, now, granted, maybe once a month. That's probably okay. It's probably no big deal. But if you're doing it three days a week, you're blowing your macros way out of the water, right? Like, and most people don't, those are the tricks and the tips that people are coming to you. Like, what do I got to do to look, what do I got to do, right? Like this cardiologist, look at this guy. He's jacked. Like he's lean. He's jacked. Like, what do I got to do? What are the secrets? And it's like, well, eat whole foods, eat a lot of plants, take care of your body move, yeah. exercise, like those are very simple things. Now we can get very, they can be very complicated, but well, at some point, but yeah, those can be very simple things. Mm-hmm. So the, those are the three things I think those are summed up. beautifully. And, and so as we talk about those and, and let's be very honest, you are definitely a bigger dude than I am. 
Um, but I probably only eat a thousand calories a day and, and I'm still a pretty big dude. Mm -hmm. So I only say that to, to show the, the range of what people can do. There is a big range. Mm -hmm. And I think that the range that, that what you're eating, probably the amount that you're eating probably matters less than the quality of what you're eating. Mm -hmm. So whether that's a thousand, twelve hundred calories or, or 2,500 calories, right. You just got to do the right things for your bodies for it to be able to incorporate, uh, yeah. incorporate those. And I think like pay attention to how your body feels too. Like that's been a great success for me. I, you know, it gets so overwhelmed by like portions and calorie intake. And, you know, finally it was like to get some of that resistance out of my way, I just had to start to get familiar with my bo what my body was responding to and how it was responding, you know, starting to slow down when I'm eating so that I could actually start to understand what it felt like my body was telling me I was full. You know, so often it was like I was just focused on what I needed to eat and how much I needed to eat that I wasn't even paying attention to like, what was this actually doing for my body? How do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. And, and that's a, that's another simple way. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not easy. Mm -mm. It's not easy to slow down because we live in this world that is so fast paced, but to really like find your way to sit down and start to pay attention to, you know, when do I, when do I feel myself getting full? You know, how, how, how fast am I chewing my food? And, you know, it's these, these things that we can do that we don't have to even have a scorecard. It's just, you know, becoming aware, being mindful. Mindfulness and insightfulness. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. And those are, those are the tips and the tricks when we talk to people about like, hey, slow down, have a couple of drinks of water in between your meal, yeah. like in between your, your, your bites of food. Right. And like brush your teeth when you're finished with your meal. Yeah. Like it's pretty hard to go back and snack when your mm. mouth tastes like, yeah. you know, mint toothpaste yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, those are, those are all the tips and tricks that people want to talk about that, that I think is, is good for for folks who are, who understand those things. And these, these are the things that have worked for me. These might work for you. And those are, those are simple things that are, that really require insightfulness from people and mindfulness and balance and all those things that we're talking about. Like those all, those all, they intermingle. You know, they're so important. Well. Yeah. You know, as we're, um, you know, getting to, towards the end of the time, there is a couple of things that I, I wanted to know um, if you could share, what are the things that you have accomplished in your life that you're the most proud of? You know, I just, I just kind of want to know, cause you've got this, you have this in, I mean, incredible energy. I can tell that you've accomplished a lot. I've, I can, I can now know that you've overcome some adversity. And I think the things that people would see, you know, on the outside looking in where we think, oh, these are the things he's the most proud of, but I just would have to maybe bet that like the things that you're the most proud of could possibly be or be looked at a little bit differently. Yeah. Before you go, I just want to make sure to remind people, it's such a good question, <laughs> that this is a man who has been in bodybuilding competitions, played football in college, last year competed on NBC's Titan Games with The Rock and got second place. Wow. And, oh, he also happens to be a physician. Yeah. So with those. And a dad. And a dad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The, the things that come to mind that I'm most proud of are are not are not those things, I know. Yeah. you know, like they're, yeah. those are fun. Those are just fun stuff. Right. But yeah. the things that I'm most proud of is like teaching my kids how to ride their bikes, yeah. teaching them how to ride dirt bikes, how to get up when they crash. Like those, like I could go on and on and on about the things that I'm most proud of all relate to my kids. And then my wife, like yeah. my wife's success, like she has, I am so proud of my wife and all the things that she's done in her life. Like, like just seeing her go from being, you know, mama to being a very responsible mama single mama 
while she's taking care of three kids and me, which I count as a kid. <laughs> you know, in med school residency, oh. she's alone, right? Like, oh, let's be honest, we're still kids. Yeah, <laughs> she literally has four kids. I got three, she got four. It's bad. But seeing her change and seeing her grow as a person has probably been one of the most satisfying and 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 exciting things for me in my life. Like seeing her overcome her fears to become a fitness instructor, seeing her overcome her fears of, you know, being a mother and all the challenges that are associated with that, seeing her, her blossom into the person that I knew she was, but she couldn't be because she was too damn responsible. Mm -hmm. Now that sounds crazy, but she is a free spirited gypsy woman who, (laughs) (laughs) but she, but she bottled that up so that she could be a responsible mama to get these kids raised. And now they're at the point now where they're getting pretty well raised up. They can feed and water themselves for the most part, (laughs) except for my 16 year old Carter. We got to work on feeding yourself. He can water himself, but they can feed and water themselves. And so now she's able to kind of be more spontaneous and, and adventurous just in her soul and seeing that adventure come out in ways that are so skilled and so incredible. She's an artist and I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. If you paid me, I couldn't draw a straight line with a ruler, but I can't create music. I can't create art. So for me, like the creation of my family is what I'm more successful with. And seeing her create her life has been something I'm really, really proud of and think is successful. But I think that in general, the things that outside of my family, because that's by far and away, that would be the easiest thing for me to brag about and and be proud of. But I think the other thing is just my my work ethic. Like, You know, I grew up in a place where it it breeds tough people, mm-hmm. you know, small town, 500 people, rural Wyoming, where the closest Walmart was a two hour drive. Like our grocery shopping was a two hour drive once or twice a month with a big cooler to bring food home. Mm-hmm. Right. And learning how to work. I was driving tractors when I was eight years old, cutting hay, working 12 hour man hour days, like mm-hmm. doing a man's job at eight years old, nine years old. Right. And like, I'm proud of that. Like. Maybe it means that I didn't have the type of childhood that was a lot of fun, but it made me who I am. And I'm proud of that work that so ethic, much. that blue collar, yeah. hardworking American that's just forged through the fires of just grit and iron. And just like, I'm proud of that. Like, that's something that I don't ever want to lose. These calluses are earned and they're never going away. Right. Like I may have a white coat job, but that work ethic is what gets me up and gets me moving and keeps me, keeps me going. And that's, that's something I'm proud of. And that's something that I can't take full responsibility for that. Say that it's all mine because my mom and dad were great examples for me. I think that if someone has a mother and a father or even one of each that cares about them, they're set up for success more so than just about anything else. Yeah. Any, any Ivy league school can't oh. set you up for success wow. more than a family who cares about you and a mother who, who takes the time to listen to you after you come home from school. Right. But like having the, having the example for my parents, and learning how to how to work hard, I feel like is one of the things that I'm just really, really grateful and proud of. And I think that that transitions then into doing things like competing on the Titan Games, right? Like when they when the Titan Games, when those guys they um, they called or they sent me an email, and they called me like, "Hey, we want you to come compete on Dwayne Johnson." Hey, do you know this guy Dwayne Johnson? Ever heard of him? And I'm like, "Yeah, I know him. I know who he is." They're like, "Well, he's got a TV show called The Titans." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Like, keep going, right? Like, you got my attention." You know, like when they call and I say, "We want you to come," and, and I was like, well, "Why'd you Why'd you pick me? Like, there's all well, we didn't pick you. You still got to come and compete, right? Like, there was still a you know, Process. they called a hundred people and they brought us down to LA and you still had to compete to get it, to get on the show. Right. But they're like, we think, we think you've got something special. And it, and it kind of comes down to like, what, 
They're like, what, what is it about you that you're able to go from being on a drilling rig? Like you worked as a drilling rig guy and like you're now you're a doctor. And I'm like, yeah, I still got my CDL just in case this doctor and business don't work out. Like, I go back to driving truck. I can run a combat suit well as anybody. And they're like, really? I'm like, oh yeah, I don't really. And they're like, can you do like all this fitness and bodybuilding? It's like, how did you find time for that? And I'm like, all oh, it comes right down to something simple. Let me show you these calluses. And they're like, Dwayne Johnson says that all the time. I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> right? Like I'm a big fan. And um, so when I get to the, you know, I get to go to the Titan games and I get to sit down and chop it up with DJ, like he's, he's, he's the same, like if he was sitting in this chair, we'd be having a similar conversation. Yeah. Like he, he, he's, he's, he's gritty, down to earth, humble, hardworking yeah. and has work ethic. And he understands really the important things in life. And he's, he's a cool dude. And I know this isn't like what you were talking about, but he, like he would, he would pop his earphones out and tell him to shut the cameras off and come chat with our kids. And he'd mm-hmm. come talk to our families and, you know, and he would take the time to like actually be like a real person. As long as you were real with him, like I never once asked him for a picture. I never asked him for an autograph. I never, I just, for when I, when I first saw him, I was like, you're not that big. You know, I was like, I think I could probably take you. Why don't you come on up here, big guy? Like, and I was talking shit the whole time. Like I was telling, I was telling he, he, Joe. He loved that. Oh, he did. He just laughed. And oh, yeah. I told Joe, like, Joe's, Joe's, I got to compete against Joe in the, on the uh, Mount Olympus. And the dude's like 11 time all pro yeah. alignment. And I'm like, six eight like lean <laughs> strong and, and i told him to pack a lunch because i was like i'm gonna you just tell i was like tell that dude to pack a lunch like i'm gonna <laughs> smoke him. you know just, just talking trash the whole time and the thing is is like in doing so they recognize like oh he's he's he's, he's got a sense of humor he understands like you know and 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 i think just that work ethic like people can see that and i, I think that it it, it draws and I think, I feel like it, it just kind of goes back to what I was talking about really. Like it, it draws like-minded people, mm-hmm. you know, and like that's the Titan games was all full of like-minded people. They're all yeah. folks who are interested in trying to be their best and doing the best they can in yeah. whatever field they may be involved in. And there, there's some pretty, impo- pretty impressive people that, that they, that they brought to the show. Like they were all folks who, who deserved to be there. They were, it was really pretty impressive, but you know, playing sports in college was a blast. It set me up for a lot of the life lessons that I learned how to play as a team, how to be you know, how to be a leader, how to be a follower. Like, it's where you got to start. Like, you got to listen to your coach, you got to learn, and, yeah. and then you got to be a, a leader. And I think that that helped me in residency and, you know, with sports in college and, and all the jobs that I had along the way. I mean, I was a bouncer. I was a truck driver. I mean, I, I taught English, which I don't, I can't. I was like a TA for biomechanics. Like, I, I had a lot of jobs in the meantime, like construction and, yeah. you know, all these things that kind of led me into this career path that I'm at. And, and truthfully, it's like just just enjoying the ride and just yeah. really trying to live for the moment and be present in the moment and and just enjoying all those aspects of life. And I just can't get enough of it. I just yeah. can't get enough of life. And sharing that with the people who are most important to me and my family is, is just really such a critical component for me. And I think that a lot of times people will ask, you know, as a, as a hospice, when I'm moonlighting as a hospice uh, medical director there through, through um, residency for over three years i helped a lot of people die that sounds terrible but that's that's what my job was was to help them pass peacefully at the end of their life and in their home around their family and every single person that i would talk to you know as they were taking their last breaths that you know they would tell me about the things that they were most proud of and that they were they felt were the, the 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 feelings of most success and most of the time I could tie it back to creation. Like they were most proud of the family that they'd created, the business that they'd created. Not that they'd worked a lot. They didn't say things like, I wish I'd have worked more. Right. But I'm I'm proud of the fact that I created something that was lasting. And, and whether that was art or music or 
a physique. Like I had a couple of people who were like, man, I was a bodybuilder and I was yeah. an athlete and I created a, and for me, that's a lot of times with bodybuilding for me is creation is sculpting this physique that I have. Like I can't, I can't draw. So this is my art form. Yeah. This is my creation. And I think finding a way to be creative in life and stay curious and stay developing through life is something that brings such added value that when you're on your deathbed, you can look back and say, you know, yeah, what a crazy ride. And this is what I'm proud of. And it's, it's never, it was never about how much money they had. I mean, I had people, I would go from one home where I'd have, you know, I would be in like, you know, I was in, in Emmett in a, a trailer park where it was just cardboard walls and, you know, a, a space heater to keep the place warm. And that person, as they passed away, were as happy, if not yeah. more happy with yeah. their life than the person I went to who, who lived in the most affluent neighborhood. Like I literally would drive from that home to the next home that was like, you know, a mile long driveway, gated community, servants at the door letting me in. And that person passed away. When hearts stop beating, they stop beating. It's the same. And the experiences that you gain in life and that creation that you develop in life that's your own. That's what you take with you. And so you want to do your, you want to do everything you can to, to make sure that when you're laying there and that line goes flat, that you've used it up and you've done everything you've wanted to do. So live, live with that desire for love and lust in life and, and for experiences and adventure and, and, and don't get sucked into being complacent. Understand that it's okay to honor the ups and downs. The adversity in life is important. You need it. There's going to be trials. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And it's worth it to get up every day put your best foot forward to try to try your best. Like mm -hmm. if you're doing that, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. I love Such that. I love that so much. And I'm so glad that we got to, to finish with knowing that part of your life's journey, because I think that's a, a lot of things I think about, you know, like what, what am I going to think about when I'm taking, you know, my last breath or mm -hmm. getting close to taking it and, and what do people say? And so I love that you were able to share that. Cause I, I've never heard it in that way of like, you know, just being proud of what you created. I mean, that's powerful. It just, it hit me really, really hard in a really beautiful way. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, that's, I have so much to say to that, but we are running out of time. So um, uh, I hope to have you back on. Oh, thank yes, you so much. This would be a pleasure amazing. to come back. Um, before we get you out of here, um, we are going to transfer you over to the common sense department. Sure so, enough. Um, I have a feeling this is also going to be incredible. Um, but uh, for for our listeners and, and for you, the common sense department is muscle doc gets to change anything he wants. Snap his finger and something gets to change something that is just it's just crazy. Why does this exist? Why do we do it like this? It can be funny. It can be it can be intelligent. It can be a question. It can be a full range. I hate daylight savings time. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't that the truth, dude? Why? So For number so one, I struggle. I hope this doesn't get me fired at Luke's. But I struggle with analog clocks to begin yeah, with. Yeah, okay? Yeah. Like in kindergarten, I don't know how. I, I have to use it. This is, my, this is my fancy watch today. I wore it for you, Daniel. I've got my fancy <laughs> shoes on. i got my shirt. i got my fancy damn watch. Good. Let me just I know say. if I'm going to hang out with Daniel and i got to be looking dapper. I can't tell Did time you see me in my robe like, this past weekend? <laughs> <laughs> i got to show you a photo. I love it. I just, I'm like, why do we have, why do we have to change the oh, clocks so every true. year? And I, it's always, it always screws me up. Yeah. Fall back, spring ahead. I just, it's just stupid. Like, just, just stop that. Like, just, <laughs> just let the time go as it is. 
Yeah, that's probably one of the things. I love it. That's so good. I think a lot of people are going to relate because I hear that in the chair, you know, as I'm doing care, that that is always a struggle when it comes time to to move ahead or drop the clock back. And so I think people are going to relate to that. I also want to make sure we give you um, a moment to just allow people to know where to find you. I know they're going to be really inspired by you and you have a lot to give and you found a way to give it on on different platforms. So how can they find you to keep learning? Yeah, and, and I think stay that connected? I'm... I am here today to speak with you guys because one of my intentions is to try to provide positivity into the world, right? I feel like there have been so many people who have blessed me in my life moving forward. If I don't in some way, shape or form, send that back out to the universe and what the hell kind of you attitude of gratitude. So I'm here today to speak with you guys because I feel like number one, you two are incredible. You have so much value that you present to the world. And I just want to, in some way, shape or form, hopefully, hopefully add to that. And if I can, I, I have to, I've got to. So for me, social media isn't, is all about like, it's like a journal for me mm-hmm. and it's a way for me to provide positivity. So I do have, um, an Instagram account. It's muscle doc underscore KR. Everybody wants me to change it to Doc Thor because that's what they calls me. But I, it's Doc Thor has already been used. But truthfully, I don't spend a, lot, a ton of time on. You know, I don't have a TikTok account. I, I have a Facebook account, but I can't even understand how to use yeah. that thing anymore. It's changed so much. I got a Facebook account when Facebook came out in like two thousand, yeah. whatever. When when was it? Two thousand five or something or six or whatever. I got a Facebook account because that was a cool thing to do in college. You could only get a Facebook account if you had a, a college email address. Remember that? <laughs> so anyway, I have Facebook. Oh, I don't man. use it. So I have Instagram and I try to post videos on there at least weekly, not daily, but I try to provide like um, realistic medical yeah. education for people. Yeah. I try to provide positivity. I try to provide some insight into my life. And and truthfully, it's not about, as you said earlier, it's not about me trying to like show the world like how cool I am because that's not it at all. It's just me like full go, like yeah. full send. Like this is how we do it. Yeah. And if I can do it, Maybe you can do it. Why can't you do it? Like, if yeah. you want to ride a dirt bike, get yourself a dirt bike. I'll yeah. show you. We'll yeah. learn. Like, I want people to understand that, like, they can achieve their goals. And so I do have a social media account, MuscleDoc underscore KR. I've done a ton of podcasts with people. I like doing them just because it's fun to chop it up with good people. I learn a lot. I think that I benefit from it more than anybody else. So, like, and truthfully, I probably have benefited from the ramblings today. Like, I've probably benefited more. I've written down a bunch of quotes from you guys that I'm going to take with me. And I, I appreciate the opportunity, but, um, so for me, it's all about just trying to share positivity and share good information and, and provide, um, you know, a means of positivity. There's enough negativity out there in the world. Like you've heard the quote, I'm sure that like, if you can't find a good person, be one, yeah, like I'm just that. trying to do everything I can to provide that for people. So for me, there's no like incentive other than just providing good information and, and, and trying to share some positivity. I feel like it's just my, it's just what I've got to do. You are, you are living that man. You are, uh, you do such a great job with that and you're an inspiration to a, a ton of people. And so thank you. This uh, has been an awesome, awesome show. We will definitely have you back. I hope some of these folks who are out there listening and taking notes and, you know, just to sort of highlight a couple of things we talked about, which happen to be themes and what we've talked about before, but complacency is, is a great evil. Mm-hmm. Um, failures are oftentimes where you are going to find your successes. Um, uh, live in the present. You said that multiple times, live in the present, repeat that to yourself, you know, live in the present. I've talked about my favorite Buddha quote before, and that's, that's basically the tenets of it is just live in the present, eat real food, eat less, eat mostly plants. And, and 
a lot of your wellness can be found 80% in your diet, 10%, 10, 20% exercising, get good sleep, love your family, right? And so think about those, write those down. You've been just a treasure trove of wisdom today, yeah, my friend. Yeah, this Thank has you been amazing. so, so much. Oh, it's it's yeah. an honor, truly an honor. I really appreciate being able to chop up with you guys. So anytime you have me back, I'd be more than happy to. Yes, we will we'll have you back, right? And I have to, you know, I started out with, I just love the way the universe works. And I am more than ever grateful that this all aligned to have you on such short notice. <laughs> and you know, just again, I love to remind everyone to step into your power and your power lives within self-awareness. So do the work to get to know your sense of self. And, you know, thank you for being a part of our journey, our community. And until next time, just go out and share some love and light. <laughs>